Did you ever wonder what um, Mary knew and uh, when she knew? We're going to take a look at um, Mary this morning in particular. We've looked at her and Joseph before as we talk about different responses to the hopeful news of Christmas. And um, as I looked at the passage this morning and reflected on Mary this past week in particular, it struck me, you know what, um, even that teenage girl with all of her joyful energy, um, she must have been tired. Weary, even, by the time she got to that stable. Are you ever tired? It's Christmas time, right? You don't have time to get tired. It's two days until Christmas, and it's interesting, both in my observations of people around and in the cars driving and in the stores and... Even when I ask them uh, how they're doing, uh, even as I um, hear even the most energetic person, Ryan Long's voice, grow tired. That's perfect, Ryan. I knew what I would, wanted to say this morning, and he comes scrambling in late, holding a coffee, fumbling for his notes, and just look. There's a lot of that going on. Now, do you notice it? Do you feel it? It's kind of ironic that at a time where we're joyfully celebrating Christmas, where we're joyfully celebrating the one who came so he could take our burdens from us and give us rest, that so much of it causes us even to grow weary. Mary had a lot to be weary over. She had a lot on her plate, didn't she? Her trip to the hospital to give birth, you know, it wasn't by ambulance. And contrary to popular tradition, no indication in the Bible at least that it was even by donkey. In fact, unlikely it was by donkey. You had to be incredibly wealthy in the first century to even own a donkey and we've got uh, several instances, uh, evidence in the text that Joseph and Mary were not very wealthy. And so that nine-month-year-old or nine-month pregnant expecting teenager, on her way to give birth, she hiked 90 miles and when she arrived ended up in a shepherd's cave. She had to be tired. And as we look at responses to um, the Christmas hope this year, it struck me, I, maybe we can look at Mary, and if any of us are feeling some of the weariness that comes this time of year or any time in life where it just gets heavy, maybe we can learn something from 
what Mary did while she was tired to gain comfort and strength to, to keep going and to keep serving and to keep being faithful. Well, we find a response um, of Mary when she must have been exhausted, it seems to me, in Luke chapter 2. If you have your Bibles, you can turn there with me, Luke chapter 2, and I'll begin reading at verse 8. Luke 2, verse 8. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good, uh, good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You'll find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace to men on whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go. Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that's happened, which the Lord's told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child, and all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary, Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. We see Mary's response to the affirmation, really, of the news the shepherds brought, because Mary and Joseph had heard it before, that news of Good news of great joy for all people because their tiny newborn resting in the manger was Son of God and Savior and Messiah and Lord. And there sits Mary fresh off her 90-mile hike, fresh off her labor. How did she respond to the news? Luke records Mary's response in verse 19. Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. She treasured up, and the Greek behind treasured up is different than simply treasured. Treasured all by itself would mean, okay, she valued these things, and she certainly did that. But the Greek word translated treasured up it's a sense of not only valuing these things, but taking them in, keeping them, preserving them. She not only wrapped her baby in cloths, but she wrapped up the news and everything that was happening and going around them, 
around her and she put that inside of her so she wouldn't forget. She treasured up all these things, kept them, preserved them. And that flows nicely into the second part of Mary's response. Mary treasured it all up. She kept and preserved inside all these things so that she could ponder them in her heart. To ponder something is to test its depth, to mull it over, to give it deep thought and reflection, to wrestle with it even, to attempt to, attempt to make something ponderous make sense in, in light of it all, in light of everything going on. And so an exhausted girl simply took the time to quietly and without saying one word simply treasure up and ponder. Ponder the wonder of her tiny son being Son of God and Savior and Messiah and Lord and in a manger. The question I have for us this morning is, will we? Not just around Christmas, but perhaps especially at Christmas with its increase in busyness, it seems. Will we take the time to treasure up and to ponder this remarkable, incredible, incredulous even birth of God? And boy, did Mary have a lot to ponder. My goodness, a visit from an angel, pregnant as a teenager without having sex. An angelic assurance it was God's own son growing inside her. The dubious, if not outright hostile, glances from small-town conservative Nazareth. A long hike to Jerusalem, nine months pregnant, and now this, giving birth to the Son of God in a shepherd's cave. And then, the surprise visit from shepherds, just the company you want to come over right after giving birth. And their story of angels. And then a bit later, the visit of the Magi. This is not your average birth story. And yes, in Luke chapter 1, Luke goes out of his way to record Mary's faithfulness and her faithful response. But here in chapter 2, it's interesting, it almost as if Luke wants to make sure to remind us in the form of Mary that even in faith, there is room, even a need, for treasuring up and pondering. For taking in what we know, what we've been told, what we've seen, what we've experienced, and, and allowing it to simply sit in our hearts. Allowing ourselves time to reflect on it. Allowing time for it to work on us and in us. 
Will you take the time to treasure up and ponder the birth of Jesus again? You know, there's a difference being told something and really hearing and understanding it for yourself. And I think um, for Mary, it was probably much later in Jesus' life and, and perhaps not until after his death and resurrection and ascension that she really began even to understand just who her son is. And so for much of her life, Mary treasured up and pondered it all, giving herself time to work through it all. And even as she's pondering in the stable that night, it had to be on her mind, didn't it? Pondering even the fact that she's holding, nursing, feeding God. God's own son, at least in her understanding. And when he's done feeding, can you even imagine? She raises that little baby to a shoulder or on a leg or whatever method they do now to burp. And she pats the God-man on his back until he releases that air bubble. Isn't that just ridiculous? You know, one of the things I might have pondered is, okay, how hard do I hit God on the back? <laughs> when he burped, was it really loud? Listen, I'm not trying to be silly or irreverent. In fact, quite the opposite. When majesty appears in the mundane like this, it's time to dance and to revel. What a remarkable moment in time when a teenage mother nursed and even burped God. When this girl changed his diapers. How can we even begin to wrap our minds around that if we don't take the time to treasure up and to ponder those things? You know, as I pondered on just that this past week in particular, I, I can think of no greater example of humility. This is as humble as it gets with a respectful nod toward Jesus going to the cross but what is more humble than God himself becoming a helpless baby? God arrived weak. God arrived completely vulnerable. Heaven opened and placed the most precious one in a human womb. The omnipotent, all-powerful God was crammed into a microscopic embryo. He became flesh and blood. He was dependent on the nourishment of a young teenage girl. God decided not to come this time as a flash of light, a roll of thunder, or a puff of smoke. He didn't come as an unapproachable warrior, but he decided to come as one whose first cries of hunger and cold and fear and need and want 
whose first cries were heard by an exhausted peasant girl and a sleepy carpenter. Have you really taken the time yet this year to treasure up and to ponder all of those things? And you know, Mary and Joseph were anything but royal. Their story is not at all like Prince William and Kate having a baby. Mary and Joseph were such an unlikely choice to give birth to and raise the Son of God, and yet, and almost because of that, heaven entrusted the greatest treasure to those simple parents. In a manger of all places where animals ate and drank from, this momentous moment, a moment that would change the course of history for all time. He didn't look like a king. His face was red, his fingers small, his cry still helpless, dependent on Mary and Joseph. Majesty in the midst of the mundane. Holiness in the filth and stench of sheep manure in a shepherd's cave. Mixed with the smell of human blood and sweat. This baby had been in on the creation of the world and is now dependent on the world around him that he had created. Something to treasure up and to ponder. And as you ponder, maybe you'll get quickly to the question I got to as well is, why on earth, why in heaven and on earth, why did he do it? Would you? Omnipotent, all-powerful, you've got it all, a beyond imaginable definition of all. Would you? Why did he do it? He did it to identify with us, to be closer to us, to join us because he loves us and he wants to rescue us and be with us forever. Because God so loved the world that he sent his one and only son that whoever believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. That's why he did it. God came to earth because of his great love for us. He humbled himself beyond imagination, ridiculously humbled himself even subjecting himself to die in our place for forgiveness of sins. He came to defeat death by rising from the dead himself. Which in time, I'm sure, Mary also treasured up and pondered in her heart. Will you? The importance and the significance for Mary to take the time to treasure up and ponder Luke highlights for us this morning because in his telling of Mary's treasuring up and pondering, did you notice his telling begins with that tiny but very powerful word, but? Did you notice? Luke establishes her response in contrast to all who heard the shepherds. And literally that word but in Greek can be translated on the other hand. And so the contrast that Luke makes 
and draws strange attention to. The reference to Mary there seems strangely out of place as it is. If it wasn't there, we wouldn't even notice in the story that's going along, focusing on angels and shepherds and the baby and all of a sudden. But Mary... And the contrast Luke makes is between Mary's response and the response of all who heard. All who heard the shepherd's story were amazed. But, on the other hand, Mary wasn't just simply amazed, but she treasured it up and she pondered it in her heart. Because it's one thing to simply be amazed by something, but it's another to treasure it up and to ponder. It's the difference between a response of, wow, that's amazing, And, wow, what does this amazing thing really mean for the world, for everyone, and for me? Wow, amazing. How how will I respond to this amazing thing? Amazement on its own can be kept arm's length away. Something merely to be noted. I'm amazed at that, or I'm amazed at you. But the thing about that kind of amazement only It can quickly be forgotten. But, on the other hand, treasuring up and pondering takes it in, preserves it, owns it, makes it part of who we are as we wrestle with it and strive to make meaning humbly before a God who has all of the answers and all of the love for us to truly transform us. And so Mary, wisely, treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. Will we, will you take the time to treasure up all these things and to ponder them in your heart this Christmas? One of the most powerful things that we can do, one of the most powerful things we can do to reach the culture around us in 21st century America, one of the most powerful things we can do sometimes is simply to stop. Because our culture, it seems to me, have gotten to a point where we're just busy, 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 busy. And the devil takes it into the church and says, hey, you all love God? Here's what you need to do. You need to get busy, 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 busy. Yeah, I need to be busy, 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 busy. And we're hit with amazement from time to time over God's story and what he does in our lives today. But without taking the time to treasure up those moments especially and to nurse and rehearse those moments and to ponder them, do we forget? Will we, will you take the time to treasure up all these things in the Christmas story And to treasure up even all of those things in your own life where God has given you joy and love and good things. Will you take the time to treasure up those things and to ponder them in your heart this Christmas and beyond? So help you, God. Amen. For our closing prayer this morning, I'm so delighted to have Ellie Shane sing a special song for us as Ellie makes her way up. I, uh, rarely have I come across a song that, to me, 
captures so deeply some of the things that had to be, had to be treasured up by Mary and pondered in her heart. So in an attitude of prayer, let's join Ellie in praying. Never be. 